0: Welcome to Dietitian Boss. I'm Libby Rothschild, your host and fellow dietitian. I'm a coach to my fellow female colleagues all around the world. I help you get leads and turn prospective clients into paying customers using online marketing and social media strategies that focus on sales. Hello and welcome. I'm here today with Elena and Caitlin, two group members that are graduated this month from my Dietitian Boss Group Coaching Program, and I'm very excited to have them share their stories so you can learn about what they do, their process, and where they are in their journey. A little bit of background Elena Kanicki is a virtual dietitian for weightlifting women who want to improve their relationship with food and fitness. She offers one on one and group coaching to women around the world. Her specialty is helping women break the restrict binge cycle so they can get their periods back naturally and feel at peace around food and their bodies for life. Caitlin Allen grew up in sunny Arizona, where she obtained her undergraduate degree from nutrition from Arizona State University. Caitlin then could not decide what graduate program to attend and ended up a dual master, one in human nutrition and functional medicine and the second one in eating disorders. Caitlin was then accepted into a dietetic internship combined master's program at the University of Texas Medical Branch and will be taking the board exam in February. Caitlin has a passion for learning and knew from the moment she began her master's in eating disorders that this was where her career was headed. Caitlin recently moved to Los Angeles, California, and is enjoying the beach with her boyfriend and sweet kitty. Caitlin loves to design and create and offers her services to make Instagram content for her fellow dietitian friends, insert, and me. All right, if you ladies could just, Caitlin, or Elena, if you could first say your handle and website so people know where to follow you.
1: Yes. Yes. My handle is weight.lifting.nutritionist on Instagram. Yeah, so that's where people can find me. That's where I do all my stuff.
0: I love that. And you don't need a website. So good for you. Yeah, I, mean, I,
1: I did that because of you, Libby. So.
0: Great. And w- wonderful. We'll talk about that as we progress. Yeah. You don't, yeah, FYI, you do not need a website to sell, but you do need one eventually. Uh, Caitlin, where can people find you?
2: Hey, everyone. So you can find my Instagram handle is self.love.nutritionist. And my website is just selflovenutritionist.com.
0: <laughs> Wonderful. All right. So before we get started, did I miss anything? Is there anything you want to add before we dive into some questions so the listeners can understand your journey and you know, what you've gone through and your progress?
1: No, I think I'm, I'm good for now.
0: All right. One thing I want to mention is that you both started getting your business in order as students. So I wanted to first talk about that journey. Um, if you could talk about where you started as a student. I know Elena started as a student. Now she's a dietitian, and Caitlin, as she said, will be sitting in for her exam and where you are now with being a student and then also growing your business simultaneously. So if you could just speak a little bit about that process.
1: Yeah. Okay. So I'll, I'll start. So when I was in my dietetic internship, that's when I first started to get the idea that I wanted to start a business and specifically like I started to think about what type of, types of people I wanted to coach and I started to develop the passion of working with women who are struggling with their relationship with food, specifically in the fitness space. So I found Libby and I, I, I'm trying to remember where I found you. I still can't remember exactly, but I know I started listening to your podcast first before I found you on Instagram. And once I started listening to your podcast, I was like, all right, this is definitely possible. Like it didn't even occur to me that starting a business was possible, especially because so many of my preceptors in my internship kind of like laughed at, at that. Like, they're just like, "Haha, all these young dietitians like think they can start a business and like that never works, whatever. So I kind of had that in my head and it didn't even seem like something that could be real. But then when I listened to your podcast, I was like, oh wait, I could actually do this so then I was set on working with you because I'm definitely that type of person that like I want guidance and I want to know exactly what to do and if I do know know that those steps will like help me achieve my goals I'll go in 100% effort so I liked Libby's style I reached out to Libby and I remember I asked you like I said I'm still a student I was making some sort of excuses and you were like, no, 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 like, why can't you just get started now? (laughs) Because I was asking like, when do you think I should apply to your program, yada, yada, but you told me, you know, start now. So I applied and I figured you'd have a long wait list. So I think it was like three months later, we started chatting and uh, you told me about your group program and I started with your group program. So I became LLC in July and that was while I was still in my dietetic internship and then I took, I started accepting clients at that time as well. And then I took my RD exam in August. So I, be, I started my business before I became an RD basically and started taking clients before I became an RD and where I am now, I'm like a year or nine months into that process. Yeah. Um, I've had like five clients and yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying it.
0: Okay. We're going to have to fill in a lot of gaps there. That's amazing. So I feel like for those listening, they're probably want to know all the details. Like how did that happen? How did like fill in the the hole? So thank you for sharing that overview. Tell us a little bit about you've grown exponentially on Instagram and with sales. Mm -hmm. So can you briefly talk about that process?
1: Yeah. So when I first, I, I created my Instagram before I even thought about the business aspect of it. It was really kind of more to like share my story, my own story with struggling with food and my uh, loss of period. So I wanted to talk about that. And I started to like reach out to women. I actually took your Instagram marketing course. Yep, yep. That might've been where I found you, but I started taking that. And that kind of gave me like an idea of like, okay, how to use hashtags more strategically, how to plan your content ahead of time. So I was doing all that before I even like talked to you in the beginning. And that made a difference and kind of made my, st- like gave me a little bit of a strategy on Instagram, but I was still all over the place in terms of, like, I thought just cause I was talking about food freedom, that was like a good enough niche, but it really wasn't like food freedom is a big niche now. It's like becoming huge. So I thought I was niche down, but there was definitely more niching that I had to do. So I was still not very clear with my Instagram strategy. And then I started doing the Instagram course. And then when I started working with you, I got a lot more targeted in terms of like the actual niche within food freedom that I wanted to be in. So I niched down to, you know, helping women get their periods back and specifically women in the fitness space. So like weightlifting women. Changed my handle like four different times, definitely was all over the place in the beginning. But yeah, so since I started doing that and really doing the market research to try to figure out what my ideal client, what her pains are and trying to speak those words back in my posts, I've definitely grown a lot on Instagram and had a lot more people filling out my coaching application and booked a lot more discovery calls.
0: Incredible. Absolutely incredible. Thank you for sharing that. And I know all the students listening and new dietitians are going to be inspired by both of your stories. Caitlin, can you talk a little bit about your journey, where you started and where you are now?
2: Sure. So I started my Instagram at the beginning of last year. I just started it because I like making Instagram graphics. Yeah. So I remember I did follow you when you were like wellness biz coach, like Uh in the day. So I followed you then. And um, I remember I reached out to you and I was like, can we, can I join your group coaching as a student? And you were like, yeah, of course. Just, you know, make sure you have enough time to balance everything. But I guess that's really where I started. I mean, we started my Instagram. I began working with you. We started niching down a little bit more. And my Instagram has grown so much after working with you. I think just being able to talk to my target market, my target audience better. Yeah. My Instagram has grown to 20,000, which is super cool. And right now I'm just studying for the exam and then I'm planning on taking clients as soon as I'm done with the exam.
0: Can you talk a little bit about your, um, your ebook that you pre-sold, because I know that that, you know, you did make money as a student while growing your brand. And I I was wondering if you could maybe give some tips or share that reflection with the listeners.
2: Yeah, of course. So I'm actually so glad that I did that workbook and it was mainly because you pushed me to do it. I don't think I would have done it without the accountability and the support that you provided in the group. It kind of gave me more motivation to actually finish it. But it's been really nice because I'm sure as everyone knows in the dietetic internship, you're struggling for money. So it's nice to have a little something to help you out. And I've made probably about like $1,000 from it, which is nice. I mean, as a student, that's so nice.
0: And, um, and also your, your services too. So I, you know, pay you to make my brand, mm-hmm. to, to make my marketing assets. And then I, for those of you listening who are looking for marketing, creating marketing assets, whether Instagram, um, Caitlin's designing my new podcast logo, my new like cover art. Those are all ways that Caitlin is able to make more income as well, because she's very talented with design.
2: And it's so much fun. I love doing it. So I'm super glad that you reached out to me. Yeah. Um, Yeah.
0: Excellent. All right. So let's talk a little bit about goals. I personally know that you are both on it. I've seen both of you create goals in the Facebook group for the group coaching program. Um, I would say Elena and I share that deep, deep love of goal setting because we've had conversations about it. Talk to us and the listeners about how do you approach goals in your business or even life specifically with what you've been able to do earlier on in your career?
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I've always, like you said, like I'm an obsessive planner and goal setter, like to the point where it's actually annoying to people in my life, but I love (laughs) it. (laughs) So I've always been someone who who goal sets in some way or another, but I definitely became like even more specific and more targeted when I started working with, with Libby because she just takes it to a new level in terms of specifics. And that's like, I love that because it definitely helps give you clarity. So what I do right now is I set goals usually, well, usually at the start of every month, at the start of every year. So in 2020, I set like my big goals for my business in 2020, like what I want to accomplish, my sales goals, like specifically what the numbers are that I want to hit and what that means in terms of clients or products or whatever. So I did that in the beginning of the year. And then I break that down monthly in terms of where I want to be each month in 2020. And then In the beginning of every month, I break that down in terms of what it's gonna look like in terms of my weekly and daily behaviors that I have to do to hit those goals. So it's like I set a goal and then I don't just leave it there. I put a time on it, like when I wanna have, when I wanna achieve this by, and then specifically what it's gonna take to reach that goal. And that has helped me a lot. And Libby has really helped me in terms of the specifics. So, like, you have to go really deep in terms of what exactly it's gonna take to accomplish whatever goal you set out. So that's basically how I go about it.
0: Yeah, like breaking down the goal even more for tangible steps, smart goals. Yeah, yeah. dietitian boss after my own heart right there, Elena. I love how you approach goals. And Caitlin also, uh, if you could talk to us a little bit, I know you have, you do something similar. You write out, you break it down per, I think you do per quarter. Or can you talk to us a little bit about how you set goals?
2: Yeah, of course. So my process is pretty similar to Elena's. I do like yearly what I want to accomplish, but I also think that it's important to have goals that you actually enjoy doing. So like in the internship, you're super busy, you're doing rotations, then you have homework after, like it's hard, but in terms of doing Instagram and building your business at the same time. I genuinely love making Instagram content and doing like the educational part of it. So because I really enjoy doing it, it was easier for me to do that on the weekends when like everyone else was out just like hanging out with each other and maybe studying for our dietetic internship. So I think that that is also really important to choose goals that you actually enjoy doing, if that makes sense.
0: Makes complete sense. And I would also call that like your genius zone. So really Mm -hmm. aligning with what you and Caitlin, you're, you know, your content creator, you're both amazing content creators and being able to focus on setting. I know Elaine also plans ahead too with content, being able to be clear with what you like doing and then doing more of it will absolutely help you stay, stay on track with those goals. Do you Mm -hmm. have any thoughts? Do you both or either one of you have any thoughts about that?
1: Yeah, there was one more thing I wanted to say based yeah. off what Caitlin just said. So that's another thing I try to do is kind of couch my bit. Like I set my business and personal goals in a similar way. And I kind of try to reconcile the two with each other. So say I have a personal goal of like, like I, I'm just a stressed out person in general. And one of my goals <laughs> is kind of just to try to be less stressed because it actually like has repercussions on my health that I notice. Yeah. So like, that's one of my personal goals. And I have steps that I want to take to do that. But I kind of have to reconcile that with my business. So I have these business goals, but then I need to look at what my personal goals and my overall values are just in my life and kind of try to reconcile the two. So for instance, like that looks like setting boundaries, because I'm working full time on this business right now. So I try to be very clear with giving myself strict hours and setting boundaries of when I stop work and start work because that's like important for my overall value of trying to have like a quote unquote work-life balance, even though it's kind of a stupid term and yeah. just like prioritizing my mental health. That that's,
0: that's incredible. I can say Elena, you being a, a dietitian under a year or however many months you've been, what you practice now is what a lot of people who are five years in are still struggling with. So I really appreciate that you're acknowledging boundaries now uh, before you, you know, struggle with a panic attack or something because I mean, I'm not, I'm
1: not perfect
0: with it, <laughs> <but I'm laughs> nice. sure sure but just acknowledging it and talking about it and I, I love the reflection of the looking at the whole picture so the business and the life goals and looking at them in tandem is really helpful and then talking about boundaries even though we all you know it's not about perfection but just having those conversations can help us stay on track so I appreciate that and for those of you listening every single person I've talked to struggles with boundaries everyone so it is is a big big deal
2: yeah Elena I love how specific you are with like like matching your goals to your values and like that's amazing I'm definitely not that detailed but I think that that's amazing
0: I do too yeah really inspirational I was hoping we could talk a little bit about the types of clients and people that you work with, starting with Elena, if you could talk about your niche a little bit more in depth. And I know you already talked, Elena, about how you were food freedom and you honed in on that. If you could talk about uh, the evolution of your niche, like how it's evolved and then uh, Elena and then Caitlin.
1: Yeah. Okay. So like I said, when I started out, I was, you know, really trying to help women It was kind of more like almost intuitive eating and trying to help women find food freedom with intuitive eating was basically kind of my shtick at the time and what I was trying to help women with. Um, And that included their relationship with exercise and their bodies and everything as well. But then the more kind of personal research I did and continuing education I did on the topic, the more I worked with Libby or consumed Libby's content at the time and realized how important it is to be super specific and kind of just... Like I said, and like Caitlin was saying, like going over what I really love doing and what is like interesting to me and what I'm passionate about. That made me try to, all those things together made me want to get more specific and specifically in terms of like hormonal health as it relates to women's relationships with food. Because the more clients I worked with, the more people I spoke to on Instagram, like ideal clients I talked to on Instagram, the more I realized, and also my own personal story, the more I realized how, how much our eating and exercise habits impact our hormones and how much how how many women have like period problems or a loss of period and it's not even really talked about that much or researched that much There's kind of a taboo around it and i'm the type of person where i just don't care about talking about stuff that are taboo topics like i just it just doesn't bother me so i'm very open and try to like spark conversation on my instagram about it so that's really how it evolved like i said i always i had this I wanted to focus on binge eating as well, because I also find that like feeling of being out of control is a lot of fit, something that I keep hearing people repeat on Instagram, ideal clients. I mean, again, something I struggled with and something my clients tend to struggle with. And it's also very tied in with loss of period and restriction and over exercise. So it just, it kind of just all clicked and fit together. And once I started focusing on this specifically, that's really when my Instagram like grew a lot. I think in the past month or the past month, I think it's grown like 2000, I think I've gained like 2000 followers. And like I said, big uptick in people applying to my coaching program. So just by, just by me doing that, and now that I'm working with Libby more, like I even realized there's more connecting I need to do with my ideal client and my and niching down. So I expect things to you know continue to grow.
0: Absolutely. And so what you're saying is that you grew in the amount of followers on your Instagram and also the amount of leads, meaning people who are interested in your services, which ideally closes and converts to sales. And that's because your content is in alignment with what they want. And you've done the work to make sure that you're really marketing with clarity. Is that okay? Great. All right. That's super exciting and uh, really inspirational that you've done this so early on. Mm -hmm. Caitlin, can you talk to us about your evolution and uh, what that has looked and felt like and and how that's translated with sales or uh, qualified people who are leads or at least purchasing the, the workbook that you've made?
2: Sure. Of course. So I always knew that I wanted to do food freedom and I remember when I was first starting out and first starting your group program, like the things I was doing wasn't, they weren't specific. They were very broad, like general concepts. So after working with you, we kind of um, like narrowed it down a little bit. And then I went through a brief period where I did like spiritual side of food freedom. And then I realized that that those two, like, niches did, just didn't really mesh well in terms of ideal clients. So then I went back to food freedom with eating disorders. And, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much where I'm at now. But I've had a lot of, like, student dietitians reach out to me and ask how I got started in food freedom and how I got started with eating disorders. And I think it's really important for people to hear That you can do whatever you want, you just have to be willing to put in the work to make it happen. So like in undergrad, I got maybe like a class on eating disorders and that was it. So I had to do way more extra stuff in order to fully understand eating eating disorders and intuitive eating. And I just want other people to know that they can do that too. You just have to be willing to put in the work.
0: Absolutely. And, and I'm noticing that's a common thing between both of your sharing the reflection of the evolution is you put in the work, you looked at the market to see what they wanted, and then you were able to create content or adjust the content to meet the demands and, and the needs of people. Would you, or the specific people, would you say that's, that's correct? Just reflection in the way that you market yourself?
2: Yes, definitely. Because I think it, it's also important because like you put out Instagram content, but you want the people that are seeing that content to be the people that you want to work with Yeah, so that those are complementary. So yeah, definitely.
0: And has, how has that evolved with you since you first started when you were first posting? Because I know you have like a background in the clarity with food, freedom, eating disorders. How is the evolution of like how you're talking to a specific person and how that translates to sales? How has that evolved if, anything, if in any way, whether it's the content or the meaning the the visual or the actual copy like the caption
2: I think in terms of like actual content on the Instagram post that has definitely become more specific and I've definitely added more like positive reinforcement in my posts yeah because I noticed that before I wouldn't do that but then after you know working with you you're like you need some positive reinforcement in there so when I added that to my post I definitely got better feedback
1: I guess if that makes sense
0: Absolutely. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, it's the
1: same for me, for sure. Great reflection.
0: Yeah, I feel like I've definitely told you both that.
1: (laughs) Yes. I tend to be a little emo on my post.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah but but that's that's good that that makes you stand out that's great as long as you can spin that some way because people do want to be inspired so when you talk about something difficult uh, related to eating disorders disordered eating loss of period anything like that uh, the reframe in a positive way can make people feel excited about the journey and the destination which is you know a positive outcome that, that you're selling with your products and services
1: yeah
2: Yep. Elena, I just want to say, I love that you transitioned your niche to be more like hormonal health and like the period stuff, because that is just so needed. There's not a lot of food freedom dietitians that specialize in that. And I think that that was a really awesome like career move.
1: Yeah, thank you. I, I mean, I've realized the more I got into it, the more it's just like insane how it's mm-hmm. just not talked about that much. And it's really, really common too. Mm-hmm, so I, I'm happy to be to be doing it.
0: That's great. And and I, I love that you allowed yourself to evolve to that, gave yourself the opportunity to not just stay stagnant with food freedom yeah. and really focus on how you could be different and unique, but still enjoy that and still make sure that that is a need in the market mm-hmm. because without a need in the market, you don't have a business. Yeah. So if we could talk about um, what you offer um, more or less specifically, even if you just mentioned package course or, you know, However, you want to explain what you offer. If you could just briefly talk about that, and then um, what you wish you would have known when you were starting out with the offer, or just the marketing thereof, or the sales process.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I offer packages of coaching. That's yep. I don't do any. I don't have any products. Only only my services. So I offer both a three month package and a six month package of biweekly sessions for potential clients. And now I'm also creating a smaller offer, a bundle of three of three sessions for people who like aren't quite ready to commit to the full three months or six months. Cause ideally this process I really do think like, it really does take time. It takes probably more like six months or sometimes even more. So ideally that's what people would be applying for, but you know, some people come and they're not they're not quite ready or maybe they need to like kind of work with me a little bit first to to get a sense of how I work and see some results first. So I'm starting with that smaller bundle as well. In terms of what I wish I had known when I started out, kind of difficult because I create an offer, like before, I didn't create one before I started working with you Libby. So you really helped me out in terms of like pricing and structuring the program. And I think if I hadn't worked with you, I would have tra- way under undercharged for my services, so I'm really grateful I had you to to help me with that and like work through any imposter syndrome that came up.
0: Fantastic. And one note I want to mention about you, Elena, if you remember the first time we chat, uh, you did not have a, like in your LinkedIn bio was not promoting sales calls. And yeah. the moment you did that, you were a student, you were able to get people that were interested on a call with you. I just, I always remember that reflection because you were so quick with being able to make those changes to really help you sell and I, it's so great that you've been able to do that so early on and just not waste any time, just, you know, get people who are interested, give them that, provide them that service as, as soon as you can.
1: Yeah. You really helped me with like confidence with doing that. So that was essential for me.
0: Glad, glad to hear. And uh, Caitlin, will you talk a little bit about, uh, you know, I know you've got the ebook you have uh, your, if you could talk a little bit about the, the coaching or the counseling service. And then of course you have the, like the marketing assets that you create.
2: Yeah. So my workbook, I have that going. Um, so for my counseling services, I have my package and like what I'm going to put on my website and all that stuff already planned out. I just need to start promoting it and like actually put it on my website which I plan on doing um, probably the end of this month. Uh huh. So that's very exciting. Yeah. And then for the marketing stuff, I've been working with you, which I love. I'm so thankful that you let me do that for you. For that, I don't really have a set package per se. I guess it just depends on like what the client would want. Yep. But what I wish I knew when I started out was that you will never feel ready you just have to do it. I mean, I feel like we're always in our heads and we have, we're like, oh, but I still need to learn more. I still need, I'm not ready. I haven't worked as a dietitian. How am I supposed to have a private practice? You have all these like negative thoughts in your head, but the truth is, is you will never feel ready. You have to make mistakes in order to do better. You know, like you're going to make mistakes with your clients and then you learn from them and then you'll just get better and better, but you just have to start in order to like start that process.
0: And how did you get to come to that conclusion as a student? I mean that's so like people we struggle with that 5 10 20 mm-hmm. years in the industry. So how did you come to that conclusion so early on? Is was it, was it looking at your colleagues or just having some entrepreneurial spirit inside of you?
2: I guess a little bit of both. Like I've always been someone who's very driven and motivated. I mean Obviously with my education, I went a little crazy, but, um, (laughs) I think that aspect, like that's just who, like how I am, but also like my mom growing up, she always, 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 always told us like, you can do whatever you want. You just have to put in the work and which is like, so corny, but like, it's totally stuck with me my whole life. So my, my mom, like when we were growing up, she worked two jobs And she always like had a home cooked meal for us. Like she worked very, very hard to give us what we had. And I think for me, that's just been so inspiring. And it's just, it's like guided me in order to work hard so that I can have the life that I want, I guess.
0: That's beautiful. Well, I think that's, that's wonderful. And it sounds like you've had a strong role, female role model to help encourage you at such a young age to be able Mm -hmm. to really um, have that strong mindset. And I think that's going to inspire so many of the listeners. So thank you for sharing that.
2: Yeah, of course.
0: Because you are both, uh, you know, dietitians, well, uh, Caitlin's on her way. (laughs) She's sitting in for the exam and Elena has recently become a dietitian. What tips do you both have to give for either students or maybe even new dietitians who want to make this work and they're either struggling with mindset, which we just addressed talking about role modeling, or they think, you know, again, mindset, they think they're not ready or there's some kind of issue holding them back. They're afraid to niche or, or even just start.
1: So you mean in terms of like time management kind just of thing?
0: Any, any kind of tip. It could be time management mindset. Just what would you say to a, a student dietitian or brand new dietitian who is just feeling like she can't do it?
1: Yeah, So for mindset, I would say, don't listen to your (laughs) clinical (laughs) preceptors.
2: Yeah, second that. (laughs)
1: Um, Like, they're great, you know, they have wisdom in some ways, but then in other ways, you just have to, like, tune it out and just, like, don't even try to argue. Just be like, yeah, 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 like, whatever, agree with them. And then when you're out of, when you're not in that situation, find people like Libby or like me and Caitlin or people who are, you know, like, doing something that you're scared to do or... They've, you know, they've conquered similar fears and just like read their stories, connect with them, just surround yourself with that outside of your your rotations to try to like help you understand that that is possible and that those people who are telling you it's not are just coming from a whole different perspective, which is okay. You know, what we're doing is kind of new. It's definitely a growing thing, but it's 100% possible. So I would say that for mindset. Um, and then in terms of time management, I would just say like, realize all the little points in your day where you have like five minutes here, 10 minutes there, 15 minutes here to like do something, whatever whatever you can do. And try to find like, don't just do all this random garbage, like try to find some sort of strategy. So for me during my internship, that was taking that Instagram marketing course, but something like that or, or hire a coach if you can. because. It's just, it's gonna be a waste of time to spend those, those little moments that you do have on stuff that might not even move the needle for you. So try to come up with a strategy and get support on that. And then just find those points in your day. Like for me, I would write, I would write captions while I was on the subway going to my rotation in the morning, or I would like record videos while I was walking from the gym to the train. Just like any points where you have that time, try to make the most of it so that you do have some time to relax also like at night um, and you're not just burning yourself out.
0: Fantastic. Yeah. Caitlin, anything to add to that?
2: I would say hustle now so you can have the life that you want later. I mean, there's plenty there of times that, like, I got home from ro- rotating and I'm like, I don't want to do anything. I just want to watch TV. I'm so tired. But then I'm like, you know, I want a life where I am working for myself, where I'm doing what I want to do and talking about what I want to talk about. In order to do that, you have to hustle now and then later you'll have the life that you want. In terms of time management, I would say for me, like I would kind of map out my day and my weekends, not like a super strict structure, just like what uh-huh. I want to get done. And for me, I really like having lists and to like cross off things on that list. Like yep. that's like super motivating. So that's That's what I did. I would make lists for what I needed to get done on the weekends, lists for what I needed to do during the week, then to cross them off. And then my... Inner type A is super satisfied. And yeah, I would say those are probably my top two tips.
0: Those are fantastic. Thank you both for um, your reflections. I I know this is going to inspire so many of the listeners. Final question as we close out here. I want to talk about money. My favorite topic, right? So what have been, I know we briefly touched on it earlier. What have been some of your biggest fears around either charging at all? charging more I think just charging like I know Elena mentioned she you know would have had some some issues can you speak a little bit about that or just kind of wrap up that conversation to drive home
1: yeah so my biggest fears were just feeling like who the hell am I to charge someone money to work with me I was just like in my head thinking okay well You know, I haven't, I've only worked, I I did some work in undergrad and like in my dietetic internship, obviously I was counseling people, working with people. But in my head, I was like, I haven't put in the two years of clinical or, you know, like worked as a dietitian. So who am I to be asking people for money to work with me? Like I had that big imposter syndrome. That was my biggest fear. And how being in the group really helped me work through that. And I know like Caitlin, we had the conversations about this as well (laughs) with Caitlin, but just realizing, getting the perspectives from other people that, you know, like we do have a lot to offer and there's people out there who like are are literally asking for help or could totally benefit from our help. And if they don't work with us, then either they're going to not get the help they need or they're going to go to somebody else who maybe doesn't match their needs and doesn't, isn't going to be able to build the same relationship with them. So that, that was like a big thing for me to get over.
0: Fantastic. And you got over that pretty quick, I might say. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Pretty quickly. Great. Do you have anything to add to that, Caitlin?
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've had the same thoughts. Like, who am I to charge money for people to work with me? Like, do I know what I'm doing enough for someone to pay me? You know, I think we all have those thoughts. But one thing that did help in the group program is we we were talking about this. And another group member, she had said, like, if you – if they don't come to work with you, they're going to work with someone else who maybe just has like a certificate in nutrition or like just doesn't have any extra training in nutrition. And it's like, you're, yeah, you're charging for your services, but they're getting a good, they're getting quality information from you. Like you're pro- providing a quality service. Maybe it won't be perfect and you'll probably make some mistakes, but it'll be much better than what someone else would maybe give that doesn't have the same education.
1: Yeah. And yeah, that, I've that, also, yeah. I've also heard people say like, cause I try to, I try to, there's a lot of people out there who, who put that sort of mindset in us. I feel like as young dietitians that like you constantly have to be getting more education, which mm-hmm. I totally, I'm, I love continuing education and I agree, but i there's a big, I think listening to people who like, motivate you and put you in that mindset that you can help people now and you do provide value now is super important because it's easy to get stuck in that other mindset. So like certain things that I've just, I I try to listen to podcasts that put me in that like more motivated mindset and certain things people have said that like, yes, we value continuing education, but you should also see your coaching as continuing education Mm -hmm. because people, that's another form of education. It's experience. And that's, like, probably even more important than, than reading books or doing a course or whatever. Um, so totally. things like that. And then, also, like, to remember that the only thing you need to do is help the person right in front of you. And, like, there's not a research study that can tell you what that person needs. Obviously, there's things that can guide your practice. But at the end of the day, you have to build a relationship with somebody, which we all can do and use the knowledge you do have and the knowledge that they have about themselves to guide you in the next step. So just focusing on like your clients and building that relationship and realizing that all that matters is you can help the person in front of you take the next step towards their goals. And I I think that we undervalue ourselves in that way.
2: Yes, I, I completely agree. And also in terms of mindset, I think it's also super important to surround yourself with people who actually support you and are like encouraging you like if you send them like oh look I got a thousand followers on Instagram that they're like rooting for you not just like oh
0: he's
2: bragging about whatever I think that's also really important that helps huge
0: yeah huge being in a a group of like-minded individuals can really help move you forward and people who understand and have a similar goal and vision it's Mm -hmm. it's really really important Um, to be in that environment. Thank you both for sharing that reflection. One last thing I want to mention as you were both talking, I thought about this. I've talked to a few dietitians um, about being in my program and there was one in particular who said to me that she really wanted to focus on getting her counseling skills perfect first. What tips do you have for dietitians who aren't sure if they should start with the marketing and sales piece? But the irony is that without the marketing and sales piece, you cannot counsel because you won't have an opportunity. Do you have any kind of thoughts about that?
1: I do. Go, you go first.
0: (laughs) You
2: can't get better at counseling unless you're actually counseling people. Like you can do my counseling's all day. You can study the book, but until you're actually doing it and hearing the different conversations and like figuring out how to maneuver certain
1: conversations,
2: you're just not going to get better.
1: Yeah. And you're gonna, okay. So say if, if your strategy is to just learn more about counseling and read more books about it, then we all know that there's only so much you can do of that until you actually practice it. So then your other, your practice would be what in, in a clinical job. And if you're practicing in a clinical job, those are real people who you're, you're practicing on regardless. So whether it's in your business or it's in, you know, a job at a hospital or an outpatient care facility or whatever it is, you're, it's always going to be practice and you're continue, you're going to continue to get better your whole life or your whole career doing that. So, you know, you just have to, you just have to start. That's all all you can do.
2: I think in terms of like starting with marketing, I think that's so important because like right now I have a following on Instagram. So when I do start my services, I mean, obviously followers does not equal sales, Mm -hmm. but I have a more broad audience that I can speak to about my, my coaching services, but that started with the marketing aspect. Yeah. So I think, I think it's important to start with the marketing stuff first.
0: Yeah. And even though you're right, your followers don't equal sales, but because you're clear with what you say, you're attracting people who are really qualified, more qualified leads to be, and they have, you know, you have proof of concept, they have purchased your products and then you have demand for your services. And that is an indicator uh, beyond just the follower count that your messaging is working and it's resonating and it's getting people to pay you for your services and for your skills as a content creator, AKA Mm -hmm. me. (laughs) (laughs) all right ladies thank you so much for your time today um if you could just both one more time mention where we can find you on instagram it'll be in the show notes i want those of you listening to let elena and caitlin know that you've listened today and that their words and time sharing with you has been inspirational so elena if you could just remind us one more time and then caitlin where we can find you on social
1: Mm -hmm. yeah I just want to say thank you so much for having both of us. It was oh yes. <laughs> I appreciate you so much Libby and also you Caitlin and all the other women in the group, because it was so helpful having that support throughout this process, mm-hmm. Definitely. but my handle is weight.lifting.nutritionist. So feel free to shoot me a DM. I love to talk about this stuff. And if you need someone to connect with to help you break through whatever fears you're going through, I'd be very, very happy to, to chat with you about that. So feel free to reach out.
0: Incredible and
1: yes
2: you can find me at self.love.nutritionist and also yeah anybody that's listening if you're a student or a new dietitian or anything and you want to chat about business stuff you can always reach out to me I answer all of my dms so I'm available and yeah I just want to say thank you Libby I've loved your group I've loved the accountability and support and I think it's definitely progressed me farther in my business than
0: I could have gotten by myself. So. I'm, I'm yeah. so happy to hear that. Thank you, ladies, so much for, for your time and, and your hard work, your total role models, total dietitian bosses.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Louie.
0: Thank you for listening. The next step to continue pursuing your journey includes applying to my next group program. You can find that on my website under group coaching and apply. You can also grab my free workbook. Also listed on my website and go through the exercises so that you can get more clear with your marketing plan, which is going to help you get one step closer to creating the money and impact that you deserve.